This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 23, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. It is incoherent and counterproductive to jail people who owe child support or take away their driver's license. After all, a stint in jail can render those same people less likely to live full lives and meet those obligations. Cato Senior Fellow Walter Olson discusses the pernicious cycle our justice system levels against those least able to fight back. A driver's license for most people in modern society is more or less a prerequisite of being able to lead uh, what we think of as a normal life, um, access to most jobs. Um, you know, <clears throat> students can be an exception, retirees can be an exception, and people who live in areas of very thick public transportation, maybe. But for most people, if you want to um, have a job, uh, have the option of more jobs if that one ends, uh, you've got to have a car. Like with using a driver's license as uh, either a carrot or a stick, depending on how you look at it, and cases of people who maybe miss a child support payment and then go to jail, it's not clear. It, it seems that the threat is what they want to get you to comply and haven't really thought out what happens if you don't. There's a saying in chess, the, the threat is always stronger than the execution. and. You can say that the system has worked when the threat of being thrown in jail or the threat of losing uh, a driver's license uh, that is critical to work causes some dad to fork over hidden money uh, that he wouldn't have paid toward child support. But the threat often has to be carried through. And the New York Times, when it reported on child support uh, a few days ago, uh, said that, uh, according to recent studies, in South Carolina, one in eight inmates uh, is sentenced for child support violations. Uh, since 2010 in Georgia, 3,500 have been jailed, mostly dads. Uh, similar numbers elsewhere. And in uh, the case of 70% of arrears, uh, again, citing one study from a few years ago, uh, they were owed by people reporting less than $10,000 a year income. So there's clearly a part of the system that is working as intended, where people, often more middle class people or people who can draw on family resources, um, take care never to miss a payment, um, have enough savings so that if they lose a job, they can go on making the payments. Uh, and then there is this other uh, large class of people who are living closer to the edge for whom the system can uh, push them down that spiral uh, of higher fines, uh, jail terms, loss of licenses, various other sanctions that make it very unlikely that they can get back up to become the kind of earners who can pay off that debt. We all value people obeying just laws, uh, but if the if the issue here is, uh, well, I guess. Is there a stated purpose to uh, rules that say, well, look, you don't comply with this thing, and then it becomes very hard for you to live a, live a normal life? And in the case of child support, if you don't uh, pay up, the likelihood that you'll be able to pay up in the future, we're going to make sure it goes down. I mean, that, that seems to be the, the practical impact, but is there a stated defense of this? You know, looking at this... Today, in retrospect, it looks pretty clearly self-defeating. And, and that is something that's being said both by people who are hawks and doves, so to speak, on the underlying issues of uh, child support or traffic law enforcement. Uh, the, uh, 
At the time, you had politicians thinking and campaigning the way that they usually think and campaign, which is, which side are you on? Uh, are you going to be tough on deadbeat dads or are you going to be less tough? Well, you win elections by being more tough. And uh, I've been seeing this campaign after campaign. Only recently has there been any controversy. Normally, uh, when someone is running for district attorney uh, or even for judge, uh, it, if they brought up this issue, they would say, I'm going to be tough. We need tougher measures. And in the atmosphere of we need tougher measures, you can see this in countless other areas too, um, the uh, legislature will tend to pass things that uh, you know, push the penalties in one direction uh, without having too nuanced a debate about where it might have gotten counterproductive. With driver's licenses, you have one voice of reason, the motor vehicle administrators from the various states have said uh, licensing came about in order to try to separate unsafe drivers, unqualified drivers from those who uh, could safely operate a motor vehicle. And they have recommended going back to that. Uh, I think libertarians observe a wider pattern here, which is what I call cross-criminalization, in which uh, sanctions are used just to increase the pressure, just so that we can say we've done something um, of a p- punitive sort. Uh, I'm worried when I see the first glimmerings on the horizon of uh, they'll take away your passport if you dot, dot, dot. And that already is beginning to apply to some types of tax debts to the government and so forth. They'll take your passport away. Very dangerous. Uh, and partly because we have this constitutional idea of a right to travel. Um, when driver's licenses have reached courts on that basis, they have always failed as a constitutional right because you have a right to walk on sidewalks instead. Um, it's a bit of a legal fiction there to say that um, a constitutional right to travel could be sustained very well if the government had completely arbitrary powers to take away driver's licenses. But that's what stands as far as constitutional law. But the practicalities of a subject society versus a society that feels relatively free and independent, uh, for that difference, it makes a lot of difference whether everyone feels, um, yes, I can have a driver's license so long as my eyesight or whatever other physical conditions uh, will, will support it, versus I better not get the authorities too mad because they can take away my ability to move freely. The Walter Scott case in South Carolina, uh, in which he was, many think he was running away from the police because there was a warrant out for his arrest based on child support uh, violations. And this has brought attention to some uh, problems that have been there for a long time but have not tended to uh, be discussed for a long time. One of them is the nature of the child support system. And I was surprised and gratified to see some recognition in the recent coverage of some of the problems that go way back with it. Uh, Unlike criminal fines, which also cause some of these same problems, child support orders have this quality of being prospective where they set a figure that has to continue into the future based on very often what they think you can earn. Sometimes that's an underestimate. Other times it's an overestimate. A job that may seem high paying, you know, you can you can lose it. Um, and yet very hard or impossible to get the numbers changed retrospectively based on the fact that you don't earn that much or you can't hold a job steadily at that price. Uh, 
even the Obama administration, I don't know whether it's unusual to expect this from them, but they have raised some of these issues after a period of 30 or 40 years in which the ratchet was only turning towards stricter and stricter, higher and higher, um, more and more pitiless enforcement, uh, even in the cases where there would seem to be a pretty good equitable case for lowering someone's child support obligations. So there's that. There's also this wider question of fines in the criminal system and uh, civil contempt. We all know that if they're going to send you to jail on a regular criminal charge, uh, you have various rights, including a right to a lawyer. Um, the burden of proof is more favorable to you and so forth. Civil contempt is different. And civil contempt is what's involved when a judge uh, who has seen tw 25 earlier cases that day uh, has five minutes to decide whether you're um, uh, trying to fake him out by saying you don't have money for child support. It's at that point that you don't have a right to a lawyer because it's only civil, but you can go to jail because it's contempt. And <laughs> It's hard to know exactly, you know, this is not a one-line solution type thing because the problems of civil contempt go uh, way back in our legal system, gives judges a tremendous amount of power, um, and it seems to endanger rights that normally we would give more protection, to put them at the mercy of the judge. On the other hand, uh, no one has proposed easy ways of uh, solving some of these issues uh, about is someone sincere uh, about making the payments they can without giving judges that power. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at overlawyered.com and cato.org.